The Mighty Whites podcast is recorded at the Medicine Room Studios. For more information, visit medicineroomstudios.com. Well, after a break nearly as long as what the ones the square ball used to take, we're back. I've forgotten how we do this now. Uh, I think it's episode 42 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, I know it's been a while because there's been six games since we last recorded, uh, of which I have seen five of them. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll think as well, we will get progressively more detailed as we get closer because... Let's be like, no one gives a fuck about the Bolton game or even the QPR game now. They were that long ago. The Bolton game might not matter anymore. No, it might not. Uh, if they go under, it's great news for West Brom. It's really good news for Derby. If Dar- if they go out of business, uh, Derby move up to fifth. Have, they, have Bolton like done the double over them or something? Yeah, Derby have got no, <laughs> Derby have got no points against them. Well, you know, that Frank Lampard, he's definitely England's next manager. He's doing such a good job. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be that'll be interesting. Two clubs out of business in a week. Yeah, then let's be right. There's not in terms of history. There's no real difference between Bolton and North Ferriby. <laughs> They're basically the same club. <laughs> uh Nathan Jarman never never uh, did the favours for Bolton, but he led that North Ferriby team to glory. Was it glory or was it a losing final? Less glory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the opposite of glory? <laughs> that's glory yeah yeah, that's the one Uh, basically what we'll do is we'll go through the old games and do the news and we won't do any previews because it's international break and then we'll do another one next week because KC is back in the country next week however briefly just a week I'm basically holidaying in my home country yeah sneaking back in before we close the border on March 29th on a on Brexit wedding day yeah so you know as one union comes together. <laughs> but yeah, uh, going back just short of a month, Leeds 2, Bolton 1, uh, Bamford penalty and Alioski with a completely deliberate chip that was a great finish. Brilliant. Still not sure what the goalkeeper was doing. No, he was, and he'd, he's been having a decent run of form as well, he just, and he had a decent game overall, he just had a complete aberration, didn't he? I've no, it's, it's that odd thing of... And I think it it did take a bit of a deflection, but it was up long enough for him to get adjusted. And the adjustment he made was to turn around, face the cop, and push it in. Yeah, seemed an odd decision, but hey, there you go. Turn around, face the cop, and push it in. I'm fairly sure that I had a dream where the, like, <laughs> where a girl said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a, oh, peer pressure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we um. <laughs> We actually got a penalty again. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I've had dreams where they said that to me as well. Oh, that doesn't have to be dreams. In real life, plenty. Okay, so you wish there was someone there to tell you you don't know what you're doing. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> the only way you get that is if you're looking at your own arse in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really odd start. <laughs> Even by our standards, but sorry. We've got four minutes in here. <laughs> Ah well, uh, but yeah, we got a penalty, which was nice, and it was a, it really was a penalty as well. <laughs> yeah, I, another one, just no arguing, just a, just a bit of a stupid tackle. 
Yeah, the probably most interesting thing to come out of this was with there being no roof on the pitch, the big argument over who got to take the penalty, which Bamford won, which from a striker I actually quite like to see. Yeah, it was, it was uh, Tyler Roberts really wanted it, didn't he? Yeah, and Hernandez seemed to want it as well, but Roberts was quite vociferous. <laughs> Bless him. He's, uh, he's, he's stood out these last few weeks as well, as, as we'll come on to. But yeah, it, uh, to be fair, it, it's one of those things where it should be settled you know people should know going into a game who's taking it but it is also quite nice to see other players who are like no i'll have this yeah it's a sign of some confidence although it does always make you think they're definitely gonna miss oh yeah well, it's, it's, it's once you see them wrenching it out someone's hands going no i'm having this it's uh it's a bit like refusing to get substituted when you're told and then losing a penalty shootout for your team yeah go with there's another sign of how long it is since we did a podcast that we're making jokes about the league <laughs> cup final that was about a month ago. Uh, the only other thing to come out of that game was Leeds and Bolton both got fined five grand for the, as it was described in the press, brawl. I don't think that qualifies as a brawl. I think I think at least one punch has to be thrown for it to constitute a brawl. Yeah. No one does... I mean, in the, when you think brawls, you don't think, ooh, spraying water down someone's back. Yeah. Um, Which, <laughs> that was fantastic from Click. Yeah. Proper shithousery, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously, it was a while ago. It was an important win, but a win that we had to get. They they had improved a lot from... The Bolton fan at work said it was one of their better performances of the last couple of months, which uh, doesn't say a great deal for them as they lost, but compared to the Norwich game that they played just before, they were a lot better. Uh, you had 4-1 win. I was, on, I'm sti- was and still am on my negative kick because it's the only way I can live with it. Uh, so I had 1-1. Uh, and then the negative kick kicked in for the actual team as well. Uh, won the loss yeah. at QPR. This was not a good game. No, it was a really poor game. It's probably a good thing, actually, that we didn't get to do a podcast soon after this because, I mean, I we weren't anywhere near as negative as a lot of people, but this was the moment when Leeds, a lot of Leeds fans really started to properly worry. I saw people saying we weren't even going to get in the playoffs after this game. <laughs> Uh, it was the one thing I, I kind of took away from this, and I don't. It, it could just be the positioning of the the TV camera, but the 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 pitch was so narrow, and it just seemed so congested. Even compared to Allen Road, which I, isn't the biggest pitch, but it just there just seems to be no space to play on that pitch at all. And we, I think we did all right defensively. And up front, I think we did okay. I just think we struggled to win the midfield battle at times, yeah. and I, I don't, I don't think we were allowed the time on the ball that we that we've been used to, and we just never found our rhythm. Yeah, I still think the key to this side, with the way this formation works, is whether it's Phillips or Forshaw, whoever's playing that DM role has to play well. And in this game, I don't think he played particularly well. No, and it just. Because our two other... Well, I say two other centre-mids. There's only one other centre-mid because the other one's a number 10, really. Yeah. So, like, he's kind of on his own in there. So if he does, if he isn't winning the battle, you're mm. really going to struggle. And Luke Freeman was best player on the pitch by quite a long way. Yeah, he was absolutely everywhere. He, he causes a lot of trouble and we just... We never got to grips with him. Yeah, uh, the main thing that's going to come out of this... I mean, obviously, the goal was pretty poor. We let him in too easily. No one trapped the man. But one day, this, probably sometime after the season finishes, or maybe in like two or three years, there'll be a quiz question. Who had a season-long loan at Leeds and only managed seven minutes? 
and this will be the game. Because <laughs> nearly got sent off. We finally saw Izzy Blount's debut. What was it? Was it Jack Harrison volleyed a ball at his head, and then he immediately, <laughs> then he kind of got knocked about a bit, got booked, and then nearly got sent off. Now, I felt a bit sorry for him. That's a horrible time to get introduced. You know, seven minutes left of a shit game where you won nil down, but he didn't exactly cover himself in glory. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's it's it just gets stranger and stranger by the week now with Izzy Brown, who I think on the Inside Ellen Road podcast was saying he he's the I think he might be the leading scorer for the under twenty threes at this point. I'm not sure how many he's got, but he's got at he's least like eight. he's got at least seven. I think. It's up there. I must admit, though, uh, we will come on to under-23s, but there's been some of those games where he scored, but he hadn't looked particularly great. And there's been some other ones where he stood out an absolute mile. So it do- I, think yeah. he- I think he's a bit uh, a bit inconsistent, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, I've heard similar things. I've seen a, a couple of the under-23s games. I've kind of seen it with him where he's just, he's not really in the game. But if he finds himself with a little bit of space on the edge of the area, especially in an under-23s game, he he can punish teams. And because um, he had the, was the was it the Burnley game where he got a hat trick? Uh, yeah, that was yeah because we scored six, didn't we? Because they had Tom Heaton in yeah. goal as well. Yeah, um, and again, I suppose when you're getting players at this level, and and, and he is on the younger side as well. D- traditionally, attacking players like him, they you know they're not the most consistent of players unless you unless you have someone like Hernandez yeah but anyway we were shit yeah we were we were terrible in this game uh I actually end up with some points that I didn't want because I was getting beat 3-0 you had a 2-1 win uh and everyone had got nice and negative uh it was all falling apart very little hope and I put on Twitter now nah, these are actually good so we'll win anyway Leeds 4 West Brom 0 I didn't see that coming this was we were arguing before about whether the derby performance was the best of the season or not there's now no doubt this was we were absolutely fantastic in this game it it was amazing i i was i was at the pub watching this one and just the roar of excitement as soon as cooper won that header from kickoff it it was as if we were already 20 yards from goal when he won it you know the anticipation of just that header forward and we were just so clinical going forward and and i i was i i was the only leeds fan in the pub watching it i was just screaming to pick out hernandez on the edge of the area i was just brilliant from the off and we just absolutely dominated them from that point on yeah it really was properly a set the tone head of that and that goal in seconds in when it was it's not just for goal it's that it was such a screamer and you just, all the nerves that everyone had, particularly because of how good his record is when we score first, mm. it all just seemed to dr- just go away. And everyone thought, you know what? I keep forgetting, we are good. <laughs> and suddenly, <laughs> and just suddenly, we I, I mean, it could have been more quite easily. But yeah, Hernandez after 16 seconds, Bamford got two. Uh, first one were a really good finish after Roberts threw a ball. Second one, bit of a deflection, but decent football and then Alioski in last minute with the Shackleton assist having only been on the pitch 90 seconds with Alioski as left back finding himself three yards from goal yeah I'll tell you what Alioski in this game best game in a lead shirt 
that he's had. He, he has been he's been fantastic, and this move to left back is really rejuvenated him here go play at left back but just play the way you did before yeah he's been his work rate's been fantastic he's great been great in tackle uh, it's something that I've, i was going to mention later on but i mean i don't see how douglas even gets is he, he going to get a look in no I, I don't see a reason to change this um it was quite interesting oh sorry i'll we'll come on to this at the i think with the reading game actually but Watching that one and listening to the commentator over here, uh, I think it was the Sky commentator as well because it was the guy who has been recorded going do do do. Go Patrick Bamford. Oh God, he was right. I know that because he seemed to love Leeds, uh, people were like, "Oh well, it's nice to have a commentator that likes us." But he was winding me up something wrong because he was an objectively shite commentator. <laughs> he was he was really terrible at commentating. <laughs> It was a. Uh, is it Tony Gale? Yeah, I think. Um, but I think like the one of the things he points out, I think, as uh, for Reading or any team attacking, is I think getting in behind Alioski is probably always going to be the option. But it, it's uh, he's so tireless that I don't think there's ever actually that much space in behind him. Still, like I think he he recovers very well. And and I think our defence is so well organised that even when he pushes up, even if the team goes for a long ball forward, I, th- I think we cover it pretty well. I think Liam Cooper reads it pretty well and can cover for those, those sorts of uh, counter-attacks as well. Yeah, I mean, in this game, West Brom didn't even get sniffed, did they, really? They had one header over from a set pace. The I think the only other chance was... It, it was in the first half. I think Jay Rodriguez hit one from about 25 yards out that Casilla had to tip over. Oh, yeah, that was a good save, but that's, it's not really a chance, is it? No, it, it's not. An, it's one of those where you're not you're not expecting that to go in. It was it was a fairly comfortable save. And then they had, what, 10 minutes at the start of the second half when they pushed forward a bit more, but again, not really creating the chances or anything. No, well, I mean, it was one of two games that basically got Darren Moore sacked. This one and then failing yeah. to beat Ipswich. Do we think that's harsh? Yeah. As an outsider, yes. I mean, they're fourth in the table. If if they hadn't gone up this season, you know, if they didn't go up after the playoffs or at the end of the season, then you could understand the decision because there's a lot of money in that team. Um, and, I, and I think there is a lot of pressure to get them up. But to do it at this point when they're, they're fairly, you know, looking fairly comfortable for a playoff place... It, it seems it seems like a harsh decision. Yeah, I would say. Now, there are quite a few West Brom fans that agreed with it, to be honest. Apparently, the football they've played the last sort of two months has been crap. And, I mean, we, we were wondering on Twitter, a lot of people, like, how the, what he's doing sticking Dwight Gale out on left wing and stuff like that. Who was the midfielder they lost that they had on loan at the start of the season? They had, what, Harvey Barnes? That was it, they had Barnes. And yeah. I think that's why Gale moved across, wasn't it, since... Barnes. I mean, it seems a strange decision to move Dwight Dwight Gale, who, especially after the first game against us at the Hawthorns, I, I don't know why you think, ah, oh, you stick him on the wing. Yeah, it was weird. So I I did think it was harsh, but there's a few saying it. And to be fair to him, uh, Jimmy Shans won the uh, won his first two games as caretaker. But when they sacked him, I assumed that they had already had a word, and Yukanovic had said yes or something like that. Yeah, there was quite strong talk about him coming in. Yeah, so it seems weird to do it without another manager lined up. Yeah, maybe they just uh, must have just made their mind up and 
and gone with it. Yeah, but we uh, which is quite which is actually quite strange to see in football these days. It typically tends to be we are sacking you because you're not performing. Completely coincidentally, this manager we want is available three days afterwards. Yeah, there was no emails from Steve Evans. <laughs> Yeah, uh, one thing where I, I could well have been keeping up with the game via email, uh, all I've seen is the highlights of this one. I don't know if you've got to see the whole 90, but 1-0 win away at Bristol City. Uh, I've only seen the goal. I listened to the game live, but we we were both uh, we were both busy with very different things. Well, well like, what were you busy with, Casey? I'd rather you go first. Okay, well, and I me was... Not, and me not go at all. Okay, well, I was absolutely, completely hammered drunk in Hamburg on a stag do. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I was keeping up with the game in the bar. Uh, at one point, we nearly got them to put the Leeds game on. But fucking selfish bastards wanted to watch like Bayern Munich and Leipzig and things <laughs> like that. We very nearly managed to talk them round. I, I was stood in a queue from seven in the morning for an anniversary sale at a shop I like. You really are the saddest man I know. <laughs> you say I'm the saddest, but uh, those people queuing around the block. Although I suppose just... it's good practice in fairness, because once you're back full time, you'll be having to do that to get medicine. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> so yeah, it's good to get that practice in, I suppose. I mean, I did yeah. I did some queuing. We, I think we had to, it, it's hard to remember, but I think we had to queue to get in the strip club. I think so. And that's one of my favourite shops. The strip shop. Uh, to be honest, in Hamburg, you could probably describe it as a shop. I'm sure, the, it, w- uh, I'm sure it wouldn't have taken much negotiation if you were that way inclined. <laughs> was uh, was the stripping as efficient as I imagine it being? <laughs> there is actually a story, but I legitimately can't tell you it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to remember this. In fact, I might not tell you. I might just... We probably better... It's only next weekend. It'll come up at the wedding. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, 1-0 win away in a game that we both haven't seen the full 90 of. Uh, from the highlights and from Phil Hayes' Twitter feed during the game, it did seem like a very comfortable win that we should have won by more. Yeah, and listening to it, they... Bristol City had probably a bit more of the ball in the first half but again outside of the goal neither keeper was really tested with anything I don't think in the first, especially in the first half and um, I think it was more a, a grinding out result for us than, than anything else but you know again it's kind of like with uh, Alioski in the West Brom game it's quite nice to see Luke Ayling the second furthest player forward with a header down for Bamford to finish. Yeah, his form has picked back up. He's looking more like himself now. I mean, the goal... Uh, it's been bombing on. Absolutely love it. Yeah, the goal, that crossfield ball from Alioski to Erling was quality. Good knock across and good commitment from Bamford to score and nearly smash his knee to pieces. Yeah, uh, and I think with Roof not, uh, not long since been injured himself... When you heard that, you just think, "Oh God, not both of them." Yeah, I was, I, I was very I worried. I can't deal with this. <laughs> and then Phillips having to go. Uh, Phillips picking up an injury as well. He battled through. Bamford came up. Did Bamford come off at half time? He made it to about fifteen minutes into the second half, if I remember rightly. Ah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. And then 
Yeah, Phillips kind of met. I think he played about 80. Um, but again, I don't particularly want to see Calvin Phillips getting injured. No, we were... And that goes double while Forshaw's still out. I mean, I would always, I'd have Phillips over Forshaw 100 times out of 100. But at least, but if he gets injured and we haven't got Forshaw either, then that could be a serious problem. Yeah. Click holding midfielder. Yeah, which, as we know from Cardiff away last season, always goes well. <laughs> Bizarrely, the one thing I, 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 I can't get my head around is a slight tangent. Playing football manager... They have no recollection of click playing for us last season. Oh, is he down with zero appearances? Yeah, ah. I just I just started a new save with the update, and uh, click apparently made his debut against Stoke. Ah, I I never noticed that on my one, but I haven't played it in here, just to be honest. Uh, well, there you go. This is because you've got a life and a job. For now, Casey. For now, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. But- Um, Is there a train going past your house? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, the, <laughs> the problem is they they have to sound the horn at every single crossing, which especially the trains that go through town here, that gets quite irritating very quickly. Yeah. Um, it depends, Casey. But are you on the right or wrong side of the tracks? I think I'm on the right side. Well, we'll. I'm on. <laughs> We'll find out whether you get stabbed or not. It's Portland. That will happen. <laughs> uh, stab, with, stab with a knife made from uh, only clean, reusable materials. On the wrong side of the tracks. That's where you have things like butchers. <laughs> 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 uh, we Neither of us got out of that because you had a draw and I had us losing because, again, I'm being negative with all my predictions. Uh, and then a much more, much, much more, in fact, comfortable win. A three-nil win over Reading. Click, we won. Hernandez with two, and it could have been eight. Yeah, Reading gave it a go as well, which is quite surprising in their position. But they they tried to push forward. Um, I think pretty much as soon as the second went in, that was game over. Though. Yeah, it was done pretty quickly. I mean, the click goal I really enjoyed because it was more like what he was doing earlier in the season when Ailing got in good step over from Bamford but that late run from number 8 position arriving late in the box that's yeah. what he's really good at and it was a tidy little finish but Hernandez's two goals were both absolute belters yeah just that I think the is it the first one that he just takes that touch and curls it in off and it clips in off the post yeah in off, off the first one off the near post and all the way across into the other side netting I didn't think there was yeah. any room for him to do that. No, but they got on, I think, just the speed at which it, it kind of went. And it's not as if he smashed it. He just curled it in perfectly. But he's so good. He really is. And another two assists for Ailing uh, as well was, in this game, which is a good sign. This this was the game I was texting you saying, God, we're good, aren't we? And, you, and the response was, shut up. Yep. <laughs> Stop trying to jinx it. You did tell me I could say Hernandez was good, though, and he really is. Yeah, he's, he is brilliant, because there was that stat going around, one there that was only five players in Europe after that game who had double figures for goals and assists. What an odd combination of people. Yeah, I, because it was a while ago now, I can't, I can't remember that. I remember two in the championship. I mean, I know one was Messi, but... The, the, I think the top four were it's Messi, head and shoulders above everyone else, Hazard... Hernandez, Yukovitz. 
Yeah, Lukas Jukovic, who is having <laughs> the season of his life. And it's a good job because they might lose 12 points. It's a good job for them because that had only put them two, it had only put them two points above the relegation zone. It's just, what a bizarre combination of play. Imagine that as a front line. Yeah. <laughs> you see, at least Hernandez kind of fits. I know he's older and a bit slower than them, but it's the, it is a similar idea. And then Lukas Jukovic. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, well, less, but going back to the Reading, I, I think the only thing that's disappointing about this game is that we didn't kick on in the second half. I, I think we kind of eased off a little bit. And I'll admit it, I think in the last 10 minutes, Bamford could have had a hat trick. Yeah, his finishing boots, he left well at home. There was a couple of air kicks. One where he was put through on goal and he put it wide. I mean, it's. I'm, I know that it was. It was actually quite funny considering it's Reading fans when they started singing "Give It to Bamford." Um, yeah. Oh, just uh, and I have to mention. I know that there's a lot of this sort of shit in football now, but that putting Reading fans on as the eighth substitute is really fucking. Say. It's really fucking tin oh. Is that? I know it's Reading who they are up there for one of the most pointless clubs in the whole football league, but still. A Reading the 19th man. Their, their fans, according to their team sheet, yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Uh, I still think one of, one of the few good things that I think came out of uh, the Ken Bates era was was the season we decided not to have a number 15 in our first season back down and have minus 15 and Football League as the name. I'd forgot about that. That, that was a nice touch that year. It was, but... Uh, <laughs> It would I'm have not been. Saying, I'm not saying pro- it's worth it. They probably shouldn't have bothered, but yeah, that had more of a point to it. I mean, I'd rather they just had a, you know, minus fifteen. Fuck off to the football league. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did have a fifteen points. Who gives a fuck with super leads that were going up? Yeah, I remember when when I was queuing up for playoff final tickets for Donny game, and obviously I'd been there about twenty hours, and the cut to us on the it was radio leads. And they did like a live link and they'd said to us all at the front, right, when the link finishes, I'll put my hand up and all start singing, marching on together. Because it was like, you know, nine o'clock in the morning or something. So yeah. they do the live link. He puts his hand up and just straight away, there was no communication about this. It just started <laughs> just 15 points. Who gives a fuck? No, 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 boys. No, no, no. I never heard back it back. Because they didn't know what was happening, I, I, I dare say he cut the link at 15 p- because <laughs> they'll know what we're coming <laughs> still that time at that at that at that time of day uh, uh, at that time in our lives I suppose I'd have probably been Mar- throwing back to Martin Kellner yeah that was about when he was on <laughs> I always I always liked Martin Kellner big, big fan of Martin Kellner yeah Got, we're full of weird tangents today yeah well, as, as, to, as people who who used to, at least used to listen to fighting talk? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway. fighting talk. Fighting talk. <laughs> ah, Jarvis Cocker. Yeah. Uh, and I had a draw. You had a two-nil win. Uh, and then on to Saturday. Uh, this was frustrating. I I feel bad because at the end of the first half, as as I was doing the doing the game on Twitter. When they sent the ball out wide in in like the last ten seconds, and I went, they take it round Casilla, but it's only Chris ba- Chris Basham, so nothing happens. Did you put that on our Twitter? 
I did put that on our Twitter. You fucking knobhead. It's <laughs> your fault. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> can, can you honestly tell me now, before the game, if that would have happened, that you don't agree with me? What? You mean Bashenbauer? <laughs> <laughs> Which is legitimately what he appears to be being called I'm... by the uh, by the Sheffield United fans. It was a man who, so, like, once he'd gone around Casilla, he had no idea what to do with that ball. He didn't. It is true. <laughs> it's a, I was. I must admit that it was just a frustrating game. Because you know what? I, because of the nerves and because it's Leeds, I didn't notice it so much at the time. But I bet if I was a neutral and I watched that game, I think it was a really shit game. See, I actually thought it was an all right game. No, I felt it was. But I bet if I was a neutral, I'd think differently. I suppose. I suppose in terms of finishing, it's not a good game. Well, there when was the, twenty. The only... There was twenty-seven shots in the game, and only one of them was on target. Yeah, by Chris Basham. Yeah, uh, it's pronounced Bashambauer. Um, it's it's disappointing considering the, the amount of chances we created. We had more possession. We just never really tested the keeper. No, we did. I mean, the first twenty-five minutes in particular, I thought we were pretty good. Mm. Bamford had a decent effort blocked Uh, Roberts had a header wide late in the first half that was really unlucky that the Jack Harrison chance is the really big one from Clicks Cross yeah I know know that it's a slightly awkward height but you've got to get that on target and if you get that on target it's probably in I'll tell you what surprised me in in the opening seconds of the game Sheffield United opted for exactly the same tactic as West Brom would just loop it over towards Liam Cooper for him to win a header and we counter-attacked it seemed like a really strange idea. Surely you watch that game and just think, we're away from home, let's just keep the ball, you know, just make them work for it a little bit and then, you know, look for that opening opportunity. Not lump it forward and let him win the header in the same way that they got a goal two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, to be honest, I've just remembered, actually, I am also to blame in the same way you are for talking about Chris Basham. Because uh. I was... All, so I am also a fucking knobhead. Uh <laughs> I was on the radio that morning, and they were talking. Um, they were talking about Bielsa, and my example of how good a coach he is was look at how good Liam Cooper is this season. Uh, poor Liam. He's still he's still had a great season. I'm glad he's captain of the football club. He's great, but he made a couple of really big mistakes here. Like on that first goal, he's got goal side of sharp. The ball, he's between mm. sharp and the ball. There is no danger. All he has to do yeah. is just pass the ball back and he just seems to tread on it and get it caught between his feet. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Basham's run, Douglas can't get back to the right side of him. I do have a thing here which is, uh, as much as, again, I've always said, it doesn't matter who manager is, it doesn't matter if it is Bielsa who I trust completely, you are allowed to think, hmm, I'm not sure about that. And bringing Barry Douglas on for Harrison and moving Alioski forward and Dallas for Ailing didn't really work. Mm. In fact, we looked worse for those changes. Yeah, I was surprised that it was Ailing that came off. Uh, that seemed a strange one. Because even though I think that you know, I still think Dallas is a right winger, not not uh, a wing back. I still think Ailing is more direct than Dallas. Well, for me, if you were going to take Ailing off and go attacking, I'd have much rather had Shackleton's pace. Yeah. And, you know, stick Shackleton and Clark on the same side and go, go on, lads, run at them. Also, I'm throwing out another aside in there just for you here. Stuart Dallas is a fat Jordan Devlin. Is he? Yeah, a little bit. 
By the way, we're not actually saying he's fat. <laughs> <laughs> he's had some time off now as, as Dallas, but um, no, it just it seemed a strange one. And I, I could see the reasoning at first in taking in taking Harrison off, I think. Oh, I was fine with Harrison going off. I just didn't agree with who came on. Yeah. And, and Jack Clark, you could tell, was a little bit rusty. Yeah. And, I, and I, think in, I think in other circumstances, I don't think he would have been the one to come on at first as well having uh, i woke up about 10 minutes before the game because it was a 5 30 kickoff for me at first i just thought um with clark being back i thought we just dropped izzy brown yeah i did as well i didn't find out he was ill until about half time because i just looked at that one oh it's not looking good for him no i thought that because i i assumed that clark had come onto the bench and got to drop off yeah so when I saw Gotson instead of Brown, my my first thought was because once you're in the ground, you don't. I didn't get enough signal to check Twitter. Yeah, it it was a tough one though, and it's probably one of the games where I don't think I actually would have used all the substitutions. And I and I typically, even when we're winning, would I'm still someone who would make all the subs. But yeah, they just just didn't work in this case. Yeah, obviously we've talked about Cooper's mistake on the goal. Uh, both him and Phillips made a bit of a bollocks for Casillas' red card. There's no real danger and Cooper completely misses his clearance up in air, which is poor, but then Phillips has him covered and he leaves his back past miles short. Yeah. There's been a lot of people saying they were covering defenders and there sort of was, but when the keeper's out, they have to be really close, so I, I can't really complain too much about the red card. They were kind of side on to where uh, Billy Sharp, would it, was it Billy Sharp at that point? Yeah, like... You, there was an argument it could have only been yellow, but I'd, I'd have been screaming for a red at the other end. And speaking yeah. of screaming for a red at the other end, the actual complaint I have about a referee, because it wouldn't be a Leeds podcast if we could if we didn't complain about a referee a little bit, mm. George Baldock's tackle on Janssen. I, I don't know if the thinking here was that he doesn't really make much contact. So that was that was the reason they went yellow card. That's the only reason I could think of, having been able to watch the replay. Um, I, not to say in any way, it, it's a bad tackle. It's over the top of the ball. It's fast. It's high. It's That's one of the things with it. It's not just that he's over the ball. He's quick and he's out of control. Mm. He's just thrown the leg out while going at that speed. And in the ground, I wasn't that mad because I was behind Baldock. So yeah. I didn't have a great view. I couldn't tell how high his leg was. But yeah, I put it... At that point, I did actually get a little bit of signal. So I put on Twitter, people who've seen the replay, what do we reckon? Mm. And it came back about, I'd say, 90% saying... Well, about 75% saying red card, about 15 saying it's sort of between a red and a yellow, and a few saying yellow. So if it was like 75% saying red, but that's among Leeds fans, so it will be a bit biased. But that's still a high enough percentage that I thought, oh, when I see that back, I bet I'll be annoyed. And when I saw it back, I was annoyed. Because that's we've played these twice, and they should have had three men sent off. There's an argument for four, because Sharp should have already been booked before he got booked. Mm. For that one where completely off the ball, he just ragged Janssen by collar for no apparent yeah. reason. Yeah, uh, he, he caught him with the... Uh, he basically headbutts him as well, doesn't he? Yeah, as, it was one of them... That was another one where in ground we weren't sure what he'd caught him with. My first reaction was that it wasn't too bad. But... Is it... The only angle I saw, is it that he kind of... 
pulls Janssen into the back and then kind of pushes his head back a little bit. I'm a, not a little bit. I think a yellow were fair enough. It's just that I I yeah. thought that it, that was about his fifth or sixth foul, mm. and there was one of them that could well have been a yellow by itself. But it was more the Baldock one that annoyed me. Because the Baldock one yeah. was a bad tackle, in the same way that uh, McGoldrick's one on click in the game at Bramall Lane was a bad tackle. Yeah. And in the first game, they had Stevens definitely should have had a second yellow as well. Um, it's, it's championship refereeing, though, yeah. isn't it, at this point? You've it got seems... very low expectations. <laughs> the annoying thing is, like, we got lucky on one in this run. I didn't even mention it. But when we got lucky with Ailing not getting a second yellow against Reading... Which, uh, it was straight off as well. Yeah, it should have been a yellow. But the difference is, that was a game we were 3-0 up and we're not long to go, so it wouldn't have really mattered. Yeah. Them getting a red card after 25 minutes or whatever it was in the first half of the game would have mattered. It would have mattered a yeah. lot. But, uh, no, we um, you had a draw, Riot is getting beat 2-1. Uh, I don't have the totals in front of me because I forgot to do them. Uh, the one major positive to come out of it, we did see Clark back, which we did mention, but that was good to see. They've... Uh... Because I think they, the under-23s have got a little break now as well, haven't they, I think? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how much. They haven't got that many league fixtures left. But I think, cause I think there's only... I think there's a game shortly before the Millwall game, if I remember rightly. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure, because I also don't know when the quarter-final of the Cup is. Going all the way. This is this is actually... This is going to be... I know we've had outside of the... With the result of Sheffield United, it kind of puts a bit of a down on it. But we've actually been playing pretty well well when you look oh. at them last six well they had four wins two defeats so mm. that's two points a game yeah so it's not too bad it's just the QPR one is a big missed opportunity because they've I don't think they've won a game since have they and they hadn't won in the sixth before that no which is a very Leeds thing to do yeah it's very very Leedsy. Oh, only Leeds the the thing that, uh, that straight away after the game I said is obviously now we're kind of reliant on not only us to to win games, but to Sheffield United doing as a, a well to Sheffield United's opponents doing as a favour, and they have is it Stoke and Preston next. I think is their next two. Yeah, they've definitely rightly. got they've definitely got Preston coming up. Who Preston are unbeaten in about two months now. Yeah, so they're playing pretty well, and a Stoke team which on their day. Could, could get a result. Yeah, they've got so, enough good players. Yeah, so I'm hoping they can uh, they can get something from those two games and hopefully we could get back into second. Well, I'm going to go back to doing what I've been... I've been back in Norwich and Sheffield United every week in the hope I lose money. I didn't... I, this this The last weekend, I only backed Norwich because I can't bet against Leeds. I'm not allowed. Yeah. But like, I've been having doubles of them too, repeatedly. Uh the other big piece of news coming out of Sheffield United game, uh, they've already withdrawn him from international duty, but it sounds like Janssen's out for about three weeks and he's probably going to miss uh, Millwall at home and Birmingham away. Yeah, that'll be... I think that'll be a miss. Well, no, it will be a miss. It's, it's Pontus. It will be a miss. Um, I, I still think he's the best centre-back in the league. Yeah. At least... I think the saving grace is at least for the Millwall game that at least that's a home game. And yeah. That's that's After the one on the thirtieth, so that's the one you're back for, isn't it? Yes. Cool. That's the one I'm back for to be around the pleasant Millwall fans. Yay. Apparently, and uh, this was from speaking to my mum yesterday, so uh, to take this with a pinch of salt as I'm just passing on this information. 
But she said there may have been trouble with the Millwall fans at the Brighton FA Cup game. That does not surprise me. Although I do have to, I do have to say because I I try to not be a hypocrite. Those couple of lead, pe- I, I won't say leads. Those couple of people in the Leeds end that were being <laughs> at the, uh, oh sorry, we'll have to bleep that uh, at the QPR game who were doing racist things can fuck off, and I hope they get banned very very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd actually forgot about it, and I, I word just came out because it's the correct word. <laughs> yeah, it's just dickheads everywhere, isn't there? Yeah. But, again, has there actually been any sort of resolution to the incident with Millwall and Everton? Uh, not as far as I'm aware. I bet they're waiting for Sean Harvey to take over. Yeah, there'll be a... Oh. Well, they can't do any... I know that the the slashing of the face thing they said they can't do what about because it wasn't at a football ground yeah but uh, you know the, there was stuff that happened in the ground that they can do something against that uh, you know there was the chanting that's going on that has been caught on film and honestly I, I don't know how at this point how these things take that long no I don't either uh, we're on about Janssen being out uh and obviously, Casillas missing no, one no, game. No, I'm mad about racists. I'm pissed now. Mad about mad about racists sounds like a 1970s sitcom. <laughs> you know, some woman who like really loves the guy from Love Thy Neighbor, or, <laughs> or something like that. Meet the racists. Uh, is that the uh, Netflix documentary on the world season? Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, what a, what a documentary that would be. <laughs> Yeah, uh, are we assuming Berardi takes the spot? Um, yeah, I mean, your options are Berardi or Halmer, I assume. Yeah, um, so it'd I, have I think, to be, wouldn't it? And I think, as well, if we're not going to have Forshaw available, and to be honest, even if Forshaw is available, I'd still rather have Phillips as centre mid. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, Peacock Farrell, Peacock Farrell will play against Millwall as well. Yep. Provided, back, ev- provided everyone's fit. only. Yeah, but I think it was a good sign at the Sheffield United game that that's probably the strongest bench we've had for for a few months now. It still didn't have a strike on it, though. No, which is I, I assume when he's fit, Brown is considered. Well, Brown is probably the most attacking player on the bench. Yeah, I think he's. he's fit, fo- I think the thought process is if Bamford got injured, Roberts moves up front. Yeah. So that, so he thinks he don't need one. I still. As much as I rate Robbie Gotts, and I've mentioned it enough times, I really do think he deserves a place in the squad. I think I'm fine with that. But if mm. it's coming to the players we've got now, we've got, you know, Dallas and people like that, that can fill in mo- pretty much all the roles that Gotts can and have a bit more experience. If we're going to stick a kid on there, I'd rather it was Edmondson to give us that option. Yeah, I, but like you say, it's just been nice to have a subs bench that has, uh, you know, a goalkeeper that has been playing regular championship football. Berardi, you know, Berardi back, Dallas back. Players that have actually played first-team football as opposed to, if you remember the subs bench we were putting together at the start, you know, uh, sorry, in December when Huffer and Halmer were starting games. Yeah, when it was. Uh, there was one, I think, where... Wasn't the one where Tyler Roberts was the oldest? It's, it's like, yeah, I think it was, it's either Tyler Roberts or Upper Halmer who are 19 and 20, respectively. Yeah. Like, it's... It's not an experienced bench. It's not what you want in the championship. 
Now, um, well, there's a couple of bits of news. First one, it was a while ago, so I didn't... Normally, stuff like this I would do right at the start, but it's been a while. And to be honest, we might not have that much to say because it's a little bit before us. But since we last did a podcast, uh, Bill Fotherby's died at 88 years old. Uh, like, to me... It, he is the guy that brought Howard Wilkinson to the club. Second division title in 1990, first division in 1992. And everyone has nothing but good words to say about him. But the truth is, it was before my time, so it, I don't know loads and loads about him. Yeah, with with Fotherby, I I think he was he was the guy who essentially enabled Howard Wilkinson's vision, wasn't it? Who was the guy who fully backed him. Yeah, like mo- most of my no- knowledge really is reading stuff and do you want to win? Yeah. Which, if anyone hasn't watched yet, you definitely should. It's really good. As I've mentioned quite a few times, I know I, I used to watch a lot of like the season review videos and things like that as a kid. And he was uh, he was in the Tony Yaboa video. Um, shoot, I believe it's called Shoot to Thrill. That rings a bell, yeah. Which is basically pretty much all of Tony Yaboa's goals. Um, but Bill Fotherby's in that at the start, talking about um, uh, uh, the arrangement of the deal and him and Will, uh, him and Wilco going over to to Frankfurt to negotiate it. But it's it's quite interesting. Um, I think he features a little bit as well in one of the season review videos about uh, I think when Brolin comes in, which you know is one of the deals you less want to uh, be associated with, but. You know, I think one. I think one of the great things. I think he was very enthusiastic about trying to make the club as successful as it could be, and especially just getting up behind Howard Wilkinson's vision of, you know, we need an academy. This is how it needs to be. These are the players I need, and I, I think Bill Fotherby was the, the perfect partner for Wilkinson in that regard. Yeah, as a, the you hear nothing but good things really about him as a man. A, a lot of journalists have come out and said, I've, you know, I didn't get to interview him a million times, but they've always said that it was great to talk to him. He just seemed like a really genuine kind of guy. Because he stopped being chairman in like 96, didn't he? Because he stayed as chairman slightly after Capita bought the club. Yeah, and, and then it would have been... It kind of got forced out by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think that was a time as well where... I'm trying to remember if he went before or after Wilkinson because Wilkinson went pretty much after the first couple of weeks of the 96-97 season well it went after we got beat 4-0 by Scumman that was I think yeah. that was still August oh god yeah it was very early but yeah like you say just I did the club you know new owners wanted a change unfortunately somehow Ridsdale seemed to stick around yeah but you know it's a it's a shame but 88 it's not a bad innings it's it's a shame, but I'm sure. Uh, so hopefully his family and everything are doing as well as can be expected. Yeah. Uh, the only thing we've got left to talk about then, because uh, I'm, I don't want to talk about the other news story that's written down on here because it's just too fucking sad. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, the second best. No, I might even at times argue the best team in the country to watch right now. Uh, Leeds under twenty threes have had a fair few games. Uh, some at football they play when they're on it they're at least as good to watch as the first team when they're on it mm. it's going back a while uh, I'm not sure how many of these games you actually got to see uh, but they drew 2-2 at Forest they were 2-0 down at half time having battered Forest it, they didn't deserve to be at all 
but Bobby Camwell got one back and an own goal, which was from a Bobby Camwell cross. And Edmondson hit the bar later on. But Leeds could have had five or six in this game. They were just a bit unlucky. Yeah. Uh, the bigger one uh, was the 3-1 win over Newcastle in the last round of, of the, the last round of fixtures for the uh, pre- group stage at Premier League Cup. Because we'd messed up a bit against Notts County in the second game and only won 2-1, they had us on goal difference unless we won. Mm. Yeah. So it was a tough game and the 1-3-1 against a good side. Two for Edmondson and one for Pascal Stroik who went on a bit of a goal-scoring run. But th- Stroiker! Yeah. <laughs> That's the, uh, the game that I didn't actually get to see. I've only seen highlights of that one. I think I was at work. I was going to say, because you didn't get to see the away one either, did you? That was... Or was that just a league game when we played Newcastle? Because that was in December. Wasn't I th- that, I that, was the the, that was the other cup game. For some reason, the Newcastle games have fallen on ones I couldn't watch. Yeah, uh, I did see this one. Three 0 win over Watford. Izzy Brown strike again, and Kuntemanushkov, who, when he played in the FA Cup, he had Temanushkov on his shirt, didn't he? Yeah, because the uh, the commentator who his name is uh, Thomas Hill, I think his name is Tom Hill. Uh, he always calls him Mihailov, and on team sheets he seems to usually be Mihailov. Yeah. So I'm not sure which one you meant to go with. What's his? I, I've, I'm not going to lie; I've completely forgotten his first name now. So obviously, it's not. Boom. It's Hoskun, isn't it? That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, fair enough. I think it's like Hoskun Temenushkov Mihailov or Mihailov Temenushkov. Oh, he's a posh Bulgarian bastard, is he? Yeah, with his double barrel surname. <laughs> he's been spending loads of time around at Bamford's house. <laughs> uh, but there were in that Watford game. There were. My, miles dominant that was another really easy one mm. uh, the next one was the best one to watch it wasn't the closest one because the most dramatic was the next one but this one we were brilliant in uh, 4-0 win over Charlton uh, Jordan Stevens got one uh, Temenushkov got another one edge at box 25 yards out curling bottom right and corner really good goal uh, this is when Jack Clark came back he missed a penalty but he played really well uh, Stroik got another one and my uh, my bandwagon that I am fully on, the best player on the pitch, getting his first goal in the lead shirt, Matthias Bogertz. Yeah, you've uh, you've properly hitched yourself to that bandwagon, haven't you? I have completely. He is. Uh, if if we were fourteenth, I'd be saying play him now. It's uh, it's been quite interesting as well because they've asked they asked Click about him, didn't they? And he's basically said, "There's nothing I can teach him." Yeah, quite he's, nice. he's got some serious ability. It's one of the, if we were, you know, one of the teams where you can't get in the playoffs and you can't go down. I'd be saying just yeah. play him, get him some experience because it'll do him good in the long term. Uh, yeah. If if we don't go up, he'll be involved next season, and if we do, he'll probably need to go out on loan. Mm. Well, he's he's what seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, he look. He's still quite inconsistent. Like, you know, he still sometimes takes a chance in the wrong place and gives ball away, but. He's, it's his movement, the way he spins it in behind from that number 10 spot and he always wants ball and he's always in the right sort of areas. Mm. I just, I, I really do think he's going to be good. The way I, I said on Twitter that I was as excited about him as I was when I saw Clark last season. That was pretty good. I'm not as excited as when I saw Clark this season because he yeah. was showing it at a higher level, but yeah, I'm, I think he's going to be really good. That's good. You know, it seems to have been a really good find. Um... Only a couple of hundred grand as well, apparently. Yeah. I imagine there'll probably be a couple of add-ons in there, but... Yeah. Again, you can't complain about that, really. But again, just 
I, did, I think the way we've completely changed our tune from from last season, the way we were thinking about Victor Orta, especially this time last season when we were kind of in this in free fall. You know, we you you were kind of looking at players he'd brought in, looking at you know players like um, Ekiban and Chibitsky who were in the team. I still look at Ekiban and Chibitsky and think. Ugh. But, oh yeah, but and then you know we'd put a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of stock in the under twenty threes, and you know I, th- I think we were, we were all kind of very negative on on Orta's work, and now you look at where we are, and I, th- I think we've all kind of changed our tune on it, and you look a bit more at players like uh, Stevens who came in last season, Temenushkov obviously kind of brought in Strike, uh, Halmer, and now. Uh, bogus and you've got to give him some credit for it yeah definitely uh, and the final under 23 game uh, 2-2 against Fulham in Premier League Cup but one on penalties and through to quarter final uh, I think if we wouldn't have had a man sent off we'd have won this game in normal time to be honest mm. uh, we got a penalty which Edmondson scored uh, and then it was another one that was I'd, I'd been talking about Harrison Mayle earlier in the day that I didn't think because he's he's very small for a keeper. He he does seem to get knocked about a bit, but his passing out from the back had been really impressive. Like as good as you'll see from a keeper who isn't you know Edison. Yeah. Particularly his short passing, he just never seemed to panic. And then this, he didn't panic either. He just lost the ball completely and got sent off. <laughs> but he didn't panic. He didn't panic. <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing. He messed up and then just rugby tackled into the ground. Uh, so that was a penalty and a red card. Uh, young Joshua Ray, who I think is the one that played for Hamilton's under-20s when he was like 12 or something and was linked yeah. with everyone under Sun. Well, I think we were talking about him like the start of last season. Was he? Was Had he been at Celtic before he came to us? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they got him off Hamilton. Yeah. And then it didn't work out. I think it's him. I'm not 100% sure, but it's in my head, so... Mm. Uh, but yeah, he got sent off. Uh, Joshua Ray came on. They scored the penalty. Then they scored a goal from Edge at Box that Ray didn't cover himself in glory on. And it, yeah. looked, it looked like they were going to go out, but they fought back with 10 men and Izzy Brown got the equaliser with about 10 minutes left. Uh, and yeah. both teams had chances for the last 10 minutes and extra time. But Leeds didn't look second best considering they had 10 men it was still a pretty even game and then they won it on penalties there was one really good save from Ray he really saved it well uh, but they uh, the only annoying thing was that LUTV broke at the start of the penalties yes I did see the screenshot of that yeah and apparently it broke for a lot for some people it broke a lot earlier than that by the sounds of it I'm not sure if that's better or worse in a way it might have been less annoying because I'd watched you know 120 minutes <laughs> <laughs> and then for it to not work for a penalty shootout was a bit frustrating. We admittedly we had a we had a very strong team out because I think the, he only played forty five minutes, but Douglas started, Berardi started, Brown started, Clark came off the bench, and I don't think they would have expected yeah. him to play seventy five minutes. No, that's one of the other reasons why I thought Brown might not play because he played one hundred and twenty. Hmm. But it turns out to be ill. That was the other excuse I was going to give him. Yeah. But no, I'm really glad that they threw in that cup because I've been enjoying watching this run. Uh, do we know who they've got in the next round? Uh, I don't, to be honest. 
uh, and I think it has been drawn. Yeah, if it has been, I can't see it anywhere as of yet. But no, we'll uh, wherever it wherever it is, I will uh, very much try and find a way to watch it. No, don't don't go through LUTVs. Probably the lesson to be learned from this. Yeah, uh, I was kind of hoping they'd have a game while you're back. Uh, let's have a look. Mon- no, no, while I'm back ah, on sure. the day I on the day I travel or away at Colchester, but ah, they, uh, that is in no way helpful. There is one other thing I was going to mention. Uh, you'll remember, well, you might not even remember because I said we're not going to make a big deal out of it because that's talking shuts thing. Uh, you know what, we set up a fantasy league at the start of the season. Yes. Current leader is Hakuna Murata, which is Simon Tinsley. Ah. Second, two girls, one schlup, which is Kevin Whiteacre. Third, <laughs> and third place is myself. Oh, lovely. So I'm in with a shout, and I did say I'll probably forget about it and only mention it if I'm doing all right. Well, it turns out I'm doing all right. I have no yeah. idea where you are. I was going to say I'm probably bottom. Yeah. I, I haven't looked at any of my fancy teams since middle of September. Since a long time ago. Yeah. I, I don't have the patience for it. No. Uh, the talking shit one, which... Yeah. Talking shit one, which has a lot more than me. I'm 20... Which has a lot more than ours in because they made a bigger thing out of it. I'm, uh, I'm 29th in that. So I'm doing okay. Oh, lovely. But we will be... Back, it's a weird thing not previewing any games. It feels odd. Well, I, I, I will, I will end us with this now because the MLS season is underway. Oh, we're having our Portland update. Yeah, it's shite. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> kicked off away from uh, away from home as they will be for the first three months of the season because the stadium's still being finished. Um, which <laughs> take, does make the running take that Spurs. <laughs> does make the running a lot more interesting, though, when you've only got one away game a month for the last uh, for the next four months, essentially. Uh, but kicked off against uh, Colorado in the coldest game ever in MLS history, which I believe was about minus eight degrees with snow. Jesus, that's nearly as cold as the other side of your bed. <laughs> Listen, I'm wide enough to cover both sides of the bed. Shut up. <laughs> It finished 3-all. They were winning 3-2 with, ooh, 10 seconds left when the left-back decided not to tuck in and leave a man completely unmarked in the middle of the six-yard box to tap in. Good stuff. Yep. Drop points there. Uh, away to LAFC, losing 2-1. Man sent off, lost 4-1. And then played uh, Cincinnati, the new uh, one of the new teams to the league, and lost 3-0 and had a man sent off. It's going well then. Yeah, basically for the for the Timbers to be in good standing because of how terrible teams are away from home, they need to win like one in four and get a draw. You know, if you get four points out of three or four games, you're probably going to be okay. Ah, right. It's not looking good right now, though. It's still got nothing on that Nigerian league, though. No, no, Where the team, like What that. was it? The team that came bottom. Only lost one home game. Yeah. Because no one loses home games. Have you seen the the bottom half of the League One table? Yeah, there's like four points between 23rd and 12th. Yeah, it, it's got to be strange when you think you're a solid mid-tail team. What is it? Plymouth on 45. And 
Uh, it's four go down, isn't it, in League One? Yeah. Yeah. Walsall twenty first, forty two points. So the, how can you how can you be twelfth and not be safe? Yeah, at this stage of the season, that that's pretty madness. ridiculous. And how can you be Bradford and look pretty much fucked? Ah, <laughs> uh, poor Bradford. At least Youngie's got something to celebrate this season. <laughs> yes, Brexit. <laughs> I mean, just half the league could still go down. Could go down. There's a there's a fan kicked a Sunderland fan kicked off the other day about um, about Accrington Stanley postponing their game with Rochdale and used the sentence coming up uh, described it as coming up to League One and reaping the rewards. I don't know if that's just because Sunderland have been in the Premier League so long they don't realise that how little money is in the other divisions. Yeah, they think each one is a jump of like twenty million quid. Yeah, I don't think this guy realises how much money you get for playing in League One but it's next to nothing but there, he, there was a couple of tweets about it and said something along the lines of you know if you're going to come up to if you're going to come up to League One at least try, you know at least try and act like it which my thinking was well if you're going to get relegated to the championship at least act like a championship team and not a League One team but there you go yeah uh, speaking of games being called off actually this last thing I'll mention I do, did you see pictures of Taddy Albion no oh god completely flooded like fully flooded and apparently they are not insured for floods oh christ so they're screwed uh they have set up a just giving thing to try and do it i'm gonna bung them 20 quid after i get paid yeah like they it looks really knackered Mm. because it it really came down of a week i i had to end up having a day off work on sunday because i couldn't get in well, again, speaking to my mum yesterday, and, and this is very regional conversation for us now, my mum did say that Mary Panel had been closed. Yeah. You can't get into Castleford, so you've all been saved. Yeah, there's a, maybe it'll, you know, quarantine the place off from the rest of the world. Right. Uh, <laughs> Cal- Sorry, no, I'm going to shoehorn a Simpsons reference in before we finish. Castleford is very much like Springfield. You know, they have a saying there about the water. If it's brown, drink it down. If it's black, send it back. I thought you, you, you were, can finish. You, you're gonna I, finish up there. I thought you were just gonna say the noble spirit in Biggins, the smallest man. <laughs> Which I can't remember if that's exactly right, but I know it's in Biggins. <laughs> I love that word. Yeah, that non-word. Yeah. Right. Well, that'll do us. We will do previews of the upcoming games next week when Casey's back in the country. Uh, we now have to because I also have to get off to book some trains to get to this wedding so that'll do us for episode 42 of Mighty White's podcast we're at Mighty White's pod on Twitter at mightywhitespodcast.com the podcast goes up on SoundCloud iTunes anything that comes off iTunes so that's most podcast app and it's already on uh, Spotify and stuff like that uh, the stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at THRU, it's all LUFC. Uh, podcast has been recorded at the Don Benison Recording Studio. See, extra plug for you there, Don. And, uh, I medicine think that... room, medicine room, medicine room. Oh, is it? Yeah, you've changed your name, haven't you? And about a year ago. <laughs> you've changed your name. Our good friend, Medicine Room. <laughs> Hello, my name is Medicine Room. I am an ch- Indian chief. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy talk. No, this is crazy. <laughs> you know the door was open, Chief. Break everything. 
Right, I've been Jack. A lot of tangents in this. <laughs> I've been Jack, and he's been Casey, and I'll see you in a bit. Bye.